This is H10, Hanshin Tiger's English News. Global H10 Nation, you endured a long, bumpy Tiger's ride in 2022. The off-season is upon us, which means we can spend time on non-baseball hobbies. But don't lie to yourself. You love baseball. That's why you're here. So let's listen to an interview I conducted with George Arias, slugger with the Hanshin Tigers from 2002 to 2004 and current Yomiuri Giants international scout. George and I discuss his connections with Ichiro, managers Akinobu Okada and Tatsunori Hara, his job with the Giants and how he landed it, his grown-up children and what they are up to now, and also his encounter with author James McKnight, who wrote a couple of books about his memoirs as a Tigers fan from 2000 to 2006. Check it out! Who's in the chair? Who's tea talking to? Who's in the chair? Maybe veteran, maybe do. Who's in the chair? Who's in the chair? Who's in the chair? It's good to see you again. And uh, yeah, good to hear your voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I like that that uh, picture behind you. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty nice stadium. So yeah. All right. So um, let I actually don't have a full set of questions prepared. So uh, before we actually get into uh, anything, let's kind of remind people of your baseball background. So obviously you played parts of what is it five seasons six seasons in japan is that right i played for actually five and a half years okay so i started with oryx uh for two years uh 2000 2001 then i went with hanshin 2002 three and four uh then i came back to the states played a year and a half in mexico and then i went back uh finished my career with the giants for half a season that's right and so while you were with the Blue Wave, you had um, Ichiro as one of your teammates. Obviously, that must have been a huge thrill. Definitely. I mean, when I got there, I didn't know who he was, really. I just heard of his name. And it was fun to watch him play. I mean, he just made the game look so easy, which was kind of frustrating <laughs> on our end because hitting was so easy to him. But yeah, he was definitely a guy, a fun guy to watch, just the way he carried himself, uh, his demeanor. Um his focus, determination, and, um, you know, he just, he just, he did his thing. Do you remember what the atmosphere was like after he left? Like in 2001, you're still with the blue wave and he's gone. Um, was there a lot of talk of Ichiro in the clubhouse? Did you guys like watch games or anything like that? What was that like? As for preparing ourselves for games, I mean, everything stayed the same. Um, what, it, what the big difference is just like going to the bus. You know, when you have all the fans cheering Ichiro and whatnot, you know, uh, obviously he was a mega superstar over there. And, um, but as for preparing for the game, um, because of the language barrier, I didn't understand much. So I didn't know if there was that much of a change in the sense of people talking about it. Mm -hmm. But I mean, obviously there was a big presence that was missing our lineup for sure in, in, in the way we played. So. Was there a change in attendance that you noticed? Um, good question. I just know that like during the weekdays, it was hard for fans to get out there. People, people work, but during the weekends we had fans, but, um, you know, I, I would have to say yes, there's a slight change because I mean, each, you know, each is a, a mega star over there. So he brought out a lot of fans. Right. So, um, then you made the move over to 
Hanshin in 2002, and you ended up playing one season, I guess, uh, under the new or the renewed Hanshin manager, Akinobu Okada. Uh, what kind of memories do you have playing under him in 2004? Um, I really liked him. He was a really nice guy. I remember when I was with Hoshino there, he was coaching third base. In times of, of struggles, you know, we all go through some funks in, in, in our careers. Um, I'll never forget, he'd be giving me signs, but then he, would, he, he used to wear jersey number 80. And when I look at him at third base, he would point to his shirt, 80, saying, hey, go up there just thinking 80%, relax, you know, and which was a nice, nice thing, you know, because I think sometimes as foreigners, we tend to try to do too much because we're hired guns. And, um, and I think that's one of the things that he spotted was, hey, slow things down a little bit, you know, so... Um, you also obviously played alongside Yano, who was the manager for the past four years. Um, and so do you anticipate any kind of big changes in the maybe the atmosphere or how Hanshin performs under the new manager? Do you have any any hopes? Well, I, I, I've always said this, and I think one of the biggest keys is as a manager, you got to get players to play for you. And, and one of the hardest things is you got to know players um, I know that in having my baseball academy here, training kids for the last 12 years, and also being a coach and a mentor, it's going to be tough for have people to, to play for you if you're not motivating them, if you're not encouraging them. So I think time is going to tell of how these managers treat these kids and these players. Um, I think everyone's different. You know, some people can motivate out of fear, which I think Hoshino did. But he did it in a, in a kind of different way. Um, but then there's also other other guys who coach out of love or or you know understands players' perspective. So I think it just depends. It, it's it's the job of a coach. It's always our job to find what's going to trigger players because everyone's different. And I think for me as a player um, or as a coach, I wouldn't want to motivate people out of fear because it's going to shut them down. But some guys. Some players can thrive off of that, but you have to know who those type of players are. Exactly. So you left Hanshin in 04, came back. Um, as you said, you're with the Giants for half season in 06. And the manager for the Giants at that time was none other than Hara, who is still the manager of the Giants now. Uh, thoughts on playing under him and now, I suppose, working for him? Um, great guy. Great, phenomenal guy. I mean, you know, he always seems happy. <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously nobody likes to lose. Um, I, I think as 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 a manager, you have a tough responsibility because you have to produce. And if you don't win, you lose your job. And when you hire foreigners and they don't come in and do their job, obviously you have a couple options: send them down to the minor leagues or or send them home. And and it's sad that you know I didn't come in and I didn't do well, you know, because I put a lot of pressure on myself to try to perform at that level, especially with the Giants. Um, and I got sent down. You know, and, and that was pressure that um, that I put on myself, you know, so but tremendous, nice guy um, working for him now. Uh, again, I, I love Japan and, and I want to do whatever I can to help our ball club win and, and try to bring in the best players that I possibly can. Um, identifying you know, not only their potential, but most importantly, their character and their makeup, you know, so. Um, I think that's one of our goals is to try to find those players that are willing to adapt and 
understand and accept Japanese style, let alone the culture. How did you get involved with working for the Giants? Obviously, you had the connection having played for them, but how and when did they reach out to you, if you can share that? Well, I, I've been trying to get a scouting job probably the last seven years. It's been difficult because, I mean, um, it's everybody wants to you know be a Japanese scout, you know? And, and people who get those positions stay there for a long time. So um, it came about where I heard that uh, a couple of our guys had gotten fired. So I reached out to them and I spoke with Anthony Suzuki and we stayed in touch and, and I kind of kept pestering him saying, Hey, if you need just a part-time, let me know, you know, I'm willing to help and, and show you what I can do. And, um, you know, after a year, you know, last year, I think they brought six of us on board. Uh, but the caveat was they didn't want us to travel because of COVID. So all we did was send them players and names of, of players who we thought can play in Japan. And, and for time on, and, you know, I told Anthony, I said, I can give you these names, but I can't really stand behind them because I haven't seen them play. And I think that was a fair judgment and for, fair assessment to say. And, but I kept pestering Anthony saying, Hey, give me an opportunity. Give me a chance. I know what it takes. I, I, I know I still have a lot of people in the game that I know, uh, players and coaches that, that I've been around. Um, and I think I have a pretty good idea of what it takes to, to, to do well in Japan. So I think he got tired of me pestering him, <laughs> uh, but, uh, they decided to bring me on and, and I'm grateful for that. Did you, um, get, uh, the, the team connected with either Adam Walker or Gregory Polanco? No, I, I, I didn't. I wish I could say I did, <laughs> um, but I did have a chance to meet those guys. Um, because they're having issues with their visa. So I had a little spring training here in Tucson um, where we had all four players come, you know, both Mats and, and, and Walker and Polanco. And, you know, I kind of talked to all of them about what it was like, uh, how Japanese are and, and what to expect. And man, you know, we, we had some good, good luck with those guys. Uh, you know, Walker had a fantastic year. Um, but I knew right off the bat when I met Walker down here in Tucson, he was going to be successful because he's different. And I, I don't mean in a physical sense. I, I mean more from a from character. You know, he's, he's just a, a, a tremendous guy, um, really cares about people who's willing to go above and beyond to work. Um, you know, just, I, it was just one of those things that you can see, you know? So now uh, under well, now that COVID protocol has been somewhat relaxed, do you have like a particular part of the States that you are responsible for? Or like, how does scouting work for you in 2022, 2023? Yeah, I have a small piece that I see the whole United States. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. So yeah, I'm the only one in the US. Um, so I travel this year, I traveled and, and, and watched a lot of games. But um the way they schedule now is they play six games a series. So I covered a lot of ground, but I didn't get to see everyone just because when you're sitting and watching six games, you only can watch two teams, you know? So, um, but I gathered a lot of good information. I got to know a lot of players that are out there. Um, next year is going to be a little bit different. I'll be traveling uh, three games here and three games there. So I can cover more ground. Um, but like I said, I enjoy it. I enjoy being out. I enjoy, you know, trying to find the next player or players 
they're going to help us bring a title. You know, and that to me, that's it's a challenge, and I love challenges. So, what happens then with the academy while you're on the road doing scouting? Like, has it become kind of hands off for you, or what does that look like now? Well, so there, there's two other components. So you, there's academy and there's a facility. The facility I closed, so I can do this um, scouting full time. Um, and I was just reassuring Anthony and the Giants that, you know, scouting was my first go. My it's going to be my first love of what I want to do. Um, as for the academy, I have two teams that I that I have coaches train, um, but been doing it for twelve years. Where we've done so well in a lot of these tournaments, where we get a lot of invites to these big tournaments. So what happens is now when I'm gone, I'm traveling. Our teams can play in these big showcase events where there's college coaches so but i kind of just oversee it from afar because i have co coaches that i can trust nice the last time we talked was i think almost four years ago now and at the time um your your older son had been drafted by the padres i believe and you said he was a pitcher and then your younger son was 15 back then so i would guess he's 19 now or around there and then your daughter would be in the middle um how are they doing they're all doing great. My oldest son, this is his last year at U of A. He graduated last year. And so th this year is his, his last year to play baseball. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to him having a good year. Um, my daughter, she's, she's a singer songwriter. Uh, she oh, wow. travels to Nashville and, you know, she sings Christian pop. And so she's working on music. And then my youngest 19 is uh, playing uh, at, GCU, which is Grand Canyon University up the streets, probably probably an hour and a half away from here. So, um, and he's a middle infielder. So, it's I'm still in the game. I still get to catch up and see what they do, and you know, um, it's fun watching them do what they love. You know, and you know, it might come to an end, or if they get lucky to play at the next level, then that'd be great. You know. I think, you know, having a father such as yourself, uh, who, you know, let's face it, you know, it's, it's a risk to come out to Japan and try to extend your career or, you know what I mean? Um, but they maybe didn't see that, but they've at least heard it and they've, they've been given that DNA or that, uh, you know, that sense of adventure and willingness to go out and do what they love. And it must be just really gratifying for you to be able to see your kids uh, just really enjoy enjoying themselves. No, for sure. Especially my oldest. My oldest loves Japan. He still has great memories. He listens to Japanese music to this day, you know, and, and, and truth be told his, his dream is, you know, everybody wants to play in the big leagues, but I think his dream is to play in Japan, you know, um, just because he, he loves the culture. Um, he, he was just part of that, you know, and, you know, obviously my youngest is, is he wants to play in the big leagues where that's his dream too. So, but whatever God has in store for him, you know, I'm going to try to be the dad to, to help push them uh, and motivate them and, you know, just get them to understand that it's not easy. I know the Giants are more in need of pitching right now than the Tigers, but I still would much rather have your son <laughs> wearing the pinstripes. <laughs> yeah. Well, time will tell, you know, um, like I said, I'm lucky for my son to have a, a big year this year. And, um, but I'm looking for him to have an opportunity to play in Japan. Very nice. Um, with this job, you know, you being connected with the Giants, 
are there is there the possibility of trips to Japan uh, in the upcoming season? Are you going to be around? We talked about spring training. I would love to go to Japan. I mean, th- again, that's Japan has been such a blessing to us, and I think I've told you that before. Um, I think there's just a relationship with us in Japan and what it has done for my family and I and the people there are so nice and generous. And, you know, I would love to go back. I would love to go back and, and hoping that I can go back for spring training. And um, as a player, I was always challenged with things and love the challenge. And now as a coach, I love the challenge. And now as a scout, I do the same, you know, and I want to do whatever I can to go out there and, and see our players and get to know who the Japanese players are. Um, get to see what our bullpen is like so that I could have a better idea of what, what we're really looking for as for arm angles and, and speed differentials and, and so forth and so on, you know? So, um, but ho- hopefully I do, you know, and I think that's the plan, but um, who knows right now. If you do come out for spring training, actually um, you're familiar with Japan ball. Cause I think you were a guest on Japan ball once we're actually doing a spring training tour in Okinawa this coming February. So if you happen to be down there at the end of February, uh, we would love to meet up with you and uh, you can meet some, you know, some American fans of Japanese baseball, but uh, yeah, it would be great. Oh, I would love that. That'd be awesome. That'd be cool. awesome. We will, we will put that on as a potential. Um, now we have to hope the giants come through um, and that the timing, you know, fits both of our schedules, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Great. So, um, Final thing, we talked about this a little bit through the email, but uh, a common acquaintance of ours, James McKnight, has written a couple books about his experiences as a Tigers fan. How did you get to know him, or how did you hear about these books? Um, it's funny because when I had my facility, baseball facility, this was probably five years ago, maybe, I think. We were in a different location, and I wasn't there, but... I went to work the next day and, and my manager had told me, Hey, there was a guy here looking for you. He had a Hanshin Tiger shirt. I said, really? I said that. Okay. Then he came again and I was there. Introduced himself and wore his Hanshin Tigers. And, um, I got to, so that's how we kicked it off. You know, he came to my indoor hitting facility and I said, nice to meet you and, and whatnot. And, um, he told me he was writing a book and, you know, love to chat. And we started talking and I said, Hey, well, I want to see you hit, go, go in the cages and go hit, <laughs> you know? So, and we just kind of kicked it off. Really nice. And then, uh, from what I hear, he gave you copies of the books and, uh, you got to kind of see that he mentions you a couple of times in the books. What were your thoughts overall on, uh, just him sharing his experience of being a foreigner in Japan? Well, I, I remember he was talking to me about, you know, putting me in the book and, you know, and he showed me, <laughs> he goes, George, you were rude to me when I was there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> wow. he, he, he was saying that uh, he had waved hello or something and I kind of blew him off. And and I tried to get him to understand. I said, James, I said, listen, when we're out there in the field, we're kind of focused. And, you know, there's times we kind of give autographs. But when somebody calls us an fan and we look, it's hard to tell because we see a lot of people, you know, and we don't know where the name's coming from. So. It wasn't on purpose that if I did what we call big league, I didn't big league you on purpose, you know, Uh but so please understand that because I I haven't done that, you know, but, um, but it's awesome. I mean, he's a guy who who comes from Tucson, you know, went to the university of Arizona, like I did. And I think it was neat to, to have a guy experience that in, in Japan as well, you know, and, um, 
but you know, from uh, from his perspective, I think it's it's awesome to to see a foreigner go over there um, and 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 understand kind of what I went through in a sense of you struggle your first year because of the language barrier, the culture, the food, whatever. Um, he kind of experienced that, you know, but he fell in love with it and um, kind of like myself and, you know, became a teacher and, and learned the language. Unlike I did, I, I didn't get to learn it, you know, but yeah. I mean, uh, he, he's fantastic. I mean, just the stories he has. So in a sense, like his, his experiences are relatable to maybe the first year uh, NPB foreign players experience. Obviously it's a different um, field of work, uh, but relatable in that sense, but also um, I personally felt like if a Japanese person were to read this, they might be able to better understand what foreigners go through and maybe even, you know, as baseball fans, what the foreign players go through in year one. No, oh, absolutely. I mean, you try to get a, a concept for us. Like when we go to Japan, you try to read up on, on what it's like and, and you try to learn. Everybody's talked about you got to have wall, you know, to read that book or whatnot. And, and I think this is a, a great sense of for Japanese to truly understand how we feel when we come there. You know, um, it's different for us, just like it's no different than a Japanese coming to the States and playing here, you know. Um, but I, I think it's, it, it's a great opportunity for them to understand our side as well. So I know this might be asking you to cheat on your mistress, but um, I guess I can direct this not specifically to new Tigers foreign players, but what kind of advice, general advice, do you give to new foreign players coming over to Japan to play ball? Um, my honest opinion, I would say be grateful. Be grateful that you still have an opportunity to play this game because obviously you're there for a reason. Um, some people struggle here in the States or they're not getting any luck. And this is kind of a second win. Um, be grateful and appreciate what's in front of you and, and, and understand and try to get to understand Japanese style, understand their culture, understand their language, understand where they're coming from. Um, they're really, really sweet, nice people. They're friendly. And I always tell people this, you don't get to, you don't really, understand how rude we really are here in America until you come here, you know, after being in Japan, but to, to embrace it, that that's what I gave Walker and, and Matt Andres and Shoemaker and Polanka. I said, man, embrace it. They're nice, generous people. You know, they'll do everything for you. Just go out there and give them your heart. Just go out there and, and adapt and, and want to learn, you know, and, and, you know, as you can tell that most, most foreigners, they don't like it and they get upset and, you know, we get labeled, right? So, but try to, try to be grateful for that opportunity there. Very wise words. And uh, I'm sure that a lot of people can learn not only that from you, but a lot of other things as well. George, appreciate your time today. And of course, as a Tigers fan, I want to sincerely say best of success to you, but I also don't want the Giants to succeed, <laughs> sadly. But seriously, um, we <laughs> we love talking to you. And honestly, I mean, you know, the, the Tigers-Giants rivalry, you can attest to this, is necessary for Japanese baseball. It's a must. And so a strong Giants team is probably going to bring out the best in the Tigers as well. So in that respect, um, yeah, hopefully you can find some great players to make them contenders in 2023 but obviously i personally want to see the tigers on top um appreciate your time today george and well, just to let you know we got we're, we're bringing some arsenal this year 
Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm a little bit scared. We're, 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 we're coming this year, just to let you know. All right. Tiger fans, be warned. Yeah. <laughs> Take care. Thanks. Again, we would like to thank George Arias for his time and willingness to talk with us about all sorts of things. This was our second time talking with George, and we are blessed to hear his words of wisdom. I just love his humility and approachability. As we said in the interview, we wish him all the best in his career as a scout, but somehow hope it is possible for his guys to succeed with the Giants, and yet somehow the, ch- the Tigers end up with the upper hand. Then we're all happy. Maybe deep down inside, even George would be happier that way. Anyhow, thanks again for tuning into H10. We will be back with more interviews and our regular podcast programming really soon as spring training is just around the corner. Can't wait. Let's go Tigers!